Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Innovation Tech Talks. I'm your host, Corey Knowles. Today, we're going to talk about a hot button topic that seems to always be getting a little hotter, cybersecurity. Our guest today is Dr. Sean McAlmont, President and CEO of Ningio, a cybersecurity awareness training firm. Dr. McAlmont, how are you today, sir? Corey, I am fine, and thanks for having me today. Well, thank you. We're, we're excited to have you on. It's a subject we don't well, frankly, we don't talk about enough, uh, and uh, and it's such an intriguing field. You just uh, there's always something happening. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, the the times are changing, and this is act- unfortunately becoming more of a reality for companies and individuals everywhere. Yeah. Well, I guess to get us rolling, can you tell us a little bit about Ningio and what you guys do over there? You know, it's it, it's a it's a great company that really evolved out of the need to train individuals uh, to change their behavior around these cyber risks and in doing so actually help a company or an organization reduce their risk profile. You know, 85% of these uh, breaches, 85% of them are still caused by an end user clicking a bad link. And so, you know, we're really trying to focus on the end user. But but Ninjio started in 2015 uh, by uh, the founder, Zach Schuler, um, on the heels of actually running a technology-managed services business. Uh, and in that experience, I think, showed him this need for an end user solution. And, and, yeah. and so, Corey, you know, the original concept was based on that conflict between the growing disdain for lengthy corporate training you know, that annual corporate training you've got to do oh, for yeah. sexual harassment and <laughs> cybersecurity. Um, people have found a way to game it. You know, you, you can figure out, okay, what do I need to pass that? Uh, how do I just like keep my desktop open on work <laughs> while I'm <laughs> clicking through this training? And by the way, I think a lot of people get through it. The companies check it off as done, but the behavior hasn't changed. So, you know, Zach founded the company based on that conflict between that disdain for corporate training and then finding a way to more engage uh, employees and motivate them uh, to change their behavior for the benefit of of themselves and the company. And so with that said, they, they really came up with a solution that was based on, you know, drama and engagement, a shortened time on the training using a different medium, which is animation, kind of hits you from a, a different perspective. The episodes are monthly and they're brief. And the, and the, uh, the assessments are very uh, straightforward and limited based on, on that brief content you had. So none of it's overwhelming, none of it's scary. You didn't have to have a doctorate <laughs> to feel yeah. that you can get through the training. And, and we find that people engage in it and they actually learn something from the approach. Well, that's great. You know, and it's, uh, it's interesting. So, so the way this works then is you, your teams work with companies that have large staffs and are looking to train lots of people. Exactly. I understand the videos are pretty cool too. (laughs) Yeah, no, the, the videos are fantastic. And, you know, so, so two, two, uh, answers to your question. Yes, we work with companies large and small. So I, I think that, you know, if, if Zach, the founder, was here today, he'd tell you I mean, one of the companies he started with was his dentist's office. You know, seven <laughs> employees that needed to just not click bad links 
and and introduce risk into their their uh, data and information all the way up to our largest client that has about 700,000 employees. Wow. Uh, and so, you know, they, it, it, it really ranges and spans the gamut. Uh, secondly, the, the training is, is based on, on real events. So even though they're, they're sort of drama-based, they, they get your interest and they keep you engaged, they're all based on a real cyber breach or cyber issue that happened recently and we'll put some drama around it to teach the point. And, uh, and so one of, the, one of the pieces of adult learning uh, that we found that motivates the adult, especially in the workplace, is make it a case study or make it something that's real that I can actually learn from and apply down the road. And so that's a part of our, our training as well. That's interesting. You know, it's, um, you're right, though. Corporate training is so horribly dull in general. Uh, as a rule, it's something they want you to do while you've already got them on your back about getting something else done. Right. It, it's, it's, there's always this hassle. So I like the idea that they're, that they're short and punchy. I think that's, yeah, yeah. that's a good step. Good. Um, so what is, what's your background before you came to Ningeo? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm, I, I, I have a technical background, but um, it's through technical education. Like I'm not a, I'm not a tech guy. I'm not a coder, uh, and and not a cybersecurity professional uh, per se. But what my expertise is, uh, is an adult training, nice. and and finding ways to to make sure adults learn. Like you know, we all like I said before, if there's a case study and you can make it experiential, and I can actually apply it tomorrow. And maybe even benefit in my career from it. I'm all in, <laughs> right? But you know, if you're going to make it like I got, I've got to get another bachelor's degree, uh, and yeah. and you're bringing up like my ghosts from the past learning, <laughs> I'm not going to like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm and, with and so you, my man. my yeah my background's about 25 years in uh, ed tech, adult learning, non traditional learning a number of companies, but my early start was at um, uh, Stanford University and Brigham Young University in student services. So understanding okay. how students learn and how to support them. And then from there moved into ed tech and corporate uh, training. Oh, wow. That's interesting though. It's, uh, it's somewhere I imagine you never thought you might wind up then. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, <laughs> I mean, it's a great point, but you know, the, the one thing I'm learning is uh, training, education, lifelong learning, it, it exists and it's important. And, and I think that a large swath of our population could benefit from it. And so it's not, not just around cybersecurity, which is the hot issue today for companies. Yeah. But there are so many ways I think we can all upskill ourselves in a really fast moving technology driven workplace. And, you know, look, look at, look at the, your show. I mean, you're doing a podcast. I'm looking at you on screen. You know, yeah. I, you, you're going to record this and edit it like with software <laughs> that's been developed for it. Man, uh, you know, 15 to 20 years ago, I think it would have been a tougher yeah. uh, production experience. You know, I always joke about video calls. I said, one day I just realized we've had that for like a decade now. Where was the moment that I remember yeah. in the 90s thinking, one of these days we'll be looking at people when we're talking to them. <laughs> and then just exactly. one day it came and I never noticed. Just, it was just Exactly. <laughs> it's here. 
but but that that's how that's how it sneaks up on us. And but think about this: if you're not ready, or you haven't been upskilling yourself to even understand how some of the technology works, you're kind of on the outside looking yeah. in. And and it doesn't take long to find yourself on the outside. You know, you yes. really do need to always be learning, like they say. You know, uh, exactly. Technological environment with with new ideas, new changes. I mean, Ford's getting away from dealerships, you know, and going to sell cars themselves, things like that. I'd have I'm never telling you. Oh, it's 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 moving fast, and you know the. The, the most interesting thing in terms of cybersecurity uh, awareness and training is the fact that the hackers or the bad actors, they are well ahead, Corey. Oh, yeah. They, they figured out ways to get into our technology, into our heads. You know, there, there's, a, there's a type of breach, a type of uh, phishing called spear phishing, uh-huh. where they will figure out what's familiar to you and, and hit you with those things. It's like, oh, my boss is asking me to, wire some money or there's an issue at home and I've got to click this link to find out what it is. Like they really prey on our behavior and our fears. Wow. And it's amazing. That's the same stuff they've been doing for 30 years now too. In some ways it just keeps getting a little bit better. You know, the, the nature of email security, for example, we got at our office, we've always got stuff coming in. And the other day we had one that's like, Hey, this is from accounting. Uh, we need you to update your W4 for us or something, you know, and, uh, just takes a minute, just click in, log in with your company password, do this. And, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is we, as people have dealt with this for 30 years and still fall for it to this day. We still, we're still falling for it. And that, that's why we figured, look, we are going to, um, the section off the training based on a, spe- a specific type of risky behavior. And we're going to give it to you in, in bite-sized pieces monthly and then back it up with some follow-up and make it really easy for you to learn it. But you're going to learn it over behavior by repetitive, the repetitive nature of the training. And, um, yeah. and, and, and then we have to keep it relevant. You know, one of the, one thing our yeah. team, if I say to our team, Hey, let's, let's get five or six of these going uh, in advance, they'll say, well, so we got to slow down, Sean, because we want them to be as real time to what's happening out in the industry as possible. So we keep those episodes very relevant to the most recent breaches. Oh, wow. It's very, very important. That is important. That is important. And there's always something new. Uh, it seems like I'm always seeing different things happening. I mean, we just, just looking at our corporate website as an example, uh, so many at so many brute force attempts every day, oh, every yeah. day from all over the world. Uh, it's just nonstop. Uh, it, it's nonstop, Corey. And, you know, here's, here's a good one. You know, during COVID, we were all clicking or, or uh, taking pictures of QR codes for menus and, you know, lists of things. <laughs> and I, they, it, it's a new attack vector where there's a a malicious QR code that will pull up a link. You click that link and all of a sudden someone's in your, your system. Oh, and anybody that wants to could just stick a link right on a menu, little little stickers. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I never thought of that in a million years, but you're right. That's something we just don't think about. And, and there's not much of a, 
much there to tell you this could be bad. <laughs> right. Right. You know, you assume it's right here. Okay. It is what it says it is. And you go. Exactly. Uh, wow. I had never considered that. Well, hey, let's take just a quick minute here for a little break from our sponsors at Omron Healthcare. Today's episode of Innovation Tech Talks is brought to you by Omron. Omron is a world leader in technology designed to solve social issues, improve lives, and build a better tomorrow. They serve a range of industries which utilize their technologies to innovate and grow factory automation, healthcare, mobility, and energy management. In the industrial automation business, Omron Technology demonstrates the power of machines to unleash human potential, pursuing the ideal in automation, in which people and machines are working together in harmony. Omron provides sensing, control, safety, vision, motion, and robotics technologies for the automotive, food and beverage packaging, semiconductor, electronics, life sciences, and infrastructure industries. For over 80 years, Omron has helped industrial businesses maximize potential by solving problems with creativity. Learn more, go to automation.omron.com. So what do you see today as the biggest challenge in the world of cybersecurity? I I still feel that it is the, the heightened level of activity the the targeted nature of some of the the threat vectors we're seeing and and who they're going after like the these they they know now that if they go after a healthcare organization a higher education you're going to get t- millions of records mm-hmm. and and those records allow you to hold a company hostage yeah if if they can get into your system Corey and encrypt your data so you don't have access to it, they know that you will pay something to get that data back. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, what's plaguing, that's what's plaguing many industries today. Wow. And that's so widespread. You know, you think insurance agencies, credit card companies, uh, all of those types of businesses like higher education, uh, hospitals, clinics, they have your most sensitive stuff, you know, they have your full social security number and address. I mean, you could, you could build a human off what they have. That, that, that's, that's exactly right. And, uh, and, and the, so they're, they're preying on those types of, of companies. And I think a lot of companies are, are really fixing the hardware side of it. As you said before, if you can keep them out with your technology, that's great. But, but you know what, you're going to keep 99% of it out. The 1% that gets in and the one employee that clicks the bad link, all of your infrastructure was just threatened yeah. by the weak link. Yeah. And and so at some point, you have to do both. You have to have the technology that protects you and your employees have to have the right awareness through training and behavior so they're, they're not jumping on those those links. Yeah. Well, you know, and and almost all of those, specifically emails at least, there's almost always a half a dozen red flags right there in front of you. You know, uh, my, my (laughs) first thing I do is I click on the address because I can see the full email address and nine times out of 10, it's from, you know, Bob Ross at email.com or something. You know, it's not anything to do with our company. And uh, that's exactly right. But look at that. I mean, your behavior has changed. Um, 
maybe maybe based on you know some experience you've had but but you've learned somehow that that's the first thing to do is look at the address yeah and 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 most people know that today but i'm telling you there's still a large percentage that will just because of the stress they're under and the the pace of the day they're going to open that up oh look i'm supposed to wire something and this is to whom i yeah yeah it's that it's it's old behavior that hasn't necessarily changed yet. And that's, that's what I think is the other part of the risk. It is. It's easy, especially if you're in a hurry, you know, yes. and, and email time is always hurry time because, you know, it, it, it can suck your whole day away if you're not careful. It, uh, it really is. But, but you're right. I think, I think most people today know to be suspicious, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's all a numbers game. If they send out a million emails and they get, 2100 people that's a lot <laughs> you know look I, I i gotta tell you Corey. i mean i i've lived through as a leader of a company uh and and one of a, a leadership team uh two different breaches and and experiences where you know somebody got the note and it said from a higher up in the company i need you to do this thing and they did it and it, it put the company at risk and our data was locked out and, you know, you never want to have to wind all the way back to the person who did it, but that's what you do these days. You figure out yeah. <laughs> where the breach was and why it happened. But living through those, when all you, you can't email and you, you, you know, all of your contacts are gone and your information's out on the dark web. I mean, it's a scary moment. And then, Corey, as a company that has customers, you're going to have to let all of your millions of customers know that you open them up to risk as well. So it's not just who's in your building. Yeah. These things can be spread far and wide. And that's why we say, look, get your technology right, change your employee behavior, and you've got a better yeah. chance of avoiding the risk. And they always know exactly whose fault it was. Who's Who did it? <laughs> that's hey, you know, to me Corey. is the biggest deterrent. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Nobody uh, wants to be like employee zero, the one who... <laughs> click the link but now you know it's threatening jobs yeah you know you're your chief information person um you know why didn't you have this thing set up the right way and your job could be at risk and so yeah. the the ramifications are, are far and wide yeah that's wild well another new direction here that i wanted to ask about you know there's so many new technologies all the time which creates avenues of new ways in and, and, and probably excites the hacking community for something new to try to break Yeah, things like the metaverse, for example. Uh, oh yeah. Is, is that creating any new unique challenges that haven't been before? Oh, Corey, it's, it, it's, it's so wide open. We're so dependent on technology and, and we live in it now, mm -hmm. you know, the, all of my children are digital natives. Like they, yeah, They've come up with this stuff. For me, as an older guy, I've had to go through phases of from the rock tablet all the way to where we are today. Yeah. So I'm a little more aware of the various uh, levels of evolve uh, evolution here. But we we're living in that in that metaverse today, and and I think it opens up risk. It, think about this as well. At home, um, so at my house. Our sprinkler system is tied to the Wi-Fi. 
our refrigerators on the Wi-Fi, our pool and heater. Um, uh, we've got Xbox going, and in you know our, our youngest son is communicating around the world through games. There's stuff coming in and going out of my house through data nonstop. Yeah, and so if that's happening just in my house. You know, you could imagine that companies with higher levels of technology are just opened up, just oh. wide open. And so the protections need to be broad, but also very specific to those entry points. And so, yeah, I think I think the metaverse is a great example of a new um, sort of portal for information in and out that's broad yeah. that needs to be protected as well. Yeah, and uh, and as with anything new, just like they're figuring out how to break it, you're still figuring out how to how to protect it at the same time. You know, <laughs> at the at the same time, and and that's why I think you you've got so many um, former hackers that are hired now to help companies stay a little ahead <laughs> of of that that community. Yeah, um, to stay safe. Oh, some of those hackers from the '90s are millionaires today have just exactly. absolutely turned it into these massive genius careers working for Norton antivirus and software like that over the years. And yeah. uh, it's interesting because it's something I never thought of back when all that was going on. Uh, Cause I remember when that was all kind of new still like a, an eighties, I mean a nineties thing at least. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it, I, to your point, I think we all have to sort of, uh, keep our eyes open in, in all of this because those portals for for this type of breach um, just continue to open. As I mentioned, there's so many different ties now to systems and Wi-Fi and how you link into your company's email and your files from home. So remote learning for that period of time really created a meta a huge metaverse of, of folks using video uh, based software and and you know virtual access to their company's networks and and now now that remote working circumstance hasn't gone away yeah so we're open you know your your yeah. concept of the metaverse we're in it yeah this isn't <laughs> an so office network ways. anymore this is everybody's apartment building network and their yes. living room network exactly uh, well, you know, and the same could be said for another interesting frontier is the world of cryptocurrency, where for so long, everybody was like, it's it's just not hackable. It is what it is. It's never going right. to be. And now, maybe it is. <laughs> Over this it's last ev- year. Yeah, everything will be yeah. at, at, at some point. But uh, but we're also getting smarter, you know, as a as a global community, it's like, you know, it doesn't take many of these and paying, paying out some, some big ransomware uh, yeah. costs that, that we, we learn sometimes the hard way. And so it's top of mind. Somebody was asking me the other day, um, look, there's, it, it, there's economic pressure right now where we're sort of pre-recessionary uh, interest rates are going up. Do you think companies are going to move away from this type of training? And I'd say uh, they're not. You know, they, they might have to reposition some things, but yeah. the risk you have when you, you take your eye off this ball is is the big ransomware to get your data back. Yeah. And, and by the way, the protection against that starts at that user level. Do not let them in your system by clicking the bad link so you won't have to pay the ransomware a year later. Yeah. 
I guess your people are your weakest link when it comes to this stuff. Is certainly the easiest way in. Well, yes, um, yes. Uh, Dr. McElmont, what sets Ningeo's system apart from, say, other companies in the cybersecurity field that are trying similar things? Well, you know, we the 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 fact that when when um, when Zach created the company, uh, he launched it with himself as the founder, a, a Hollywood writer, uh, a fellow named Bill Haynes, who wrote for some some pretty good shows on TV, oh, nice. including Hawaii Five-0, uh-huh. um, and, and an animator. And they sat down together and they said, look, what are the, the five or six most recent uh, hacks or major circumstances around? And they built these episodes um, based on those. And they got them out and started selling those right away. And, and, you know, now about, oh my gosh, 2000 customers later, the, the, the rest is history. And, and, but, but it doesn't stop there. I mean, what we're really doing now is trying to differentiate, our, differentiate ourselves even further. The content is industry leading. So Gartner, uh, their, their customer reviews uh, basically show that people love the content the yeah. length, that micro learning, and the, the pacing of the episodes. What we're doing next now is creating a platform that allows the content to sit on it that gives us, you know, some machine learning based on the data and the actions we're seeing. Yeah. And reporting back to the company to say, not, not that, you know, employee number six is clicking links all day, but your culture isn't developing the way you need in terms of how people are dealing with these risk uh, uh, tests that we're throwing at them, or you're doing extremely well. And then thirdly, the for the individual that is clicking on the bad links through the tests, we can actually send the right type of content to that employee oh, wow. with, with the platform we're, we're building. So it's, it's, evolving the training so that it's now targeted to the types of behavior an employee is showing. Oh, wow. Well, I like the idea you're talking about micro learning. That's a, that's a neat phrase because in the publishing industry, because we have a family of magazines and a number of news sites as well. We see that same thing. We see people wanting news in nugget form. They want, yes. you know, I mean, we have our most popular thing we do on this side is our top five things to know. And it's, yep. it's you know, here's a headline and a paragraph, a headline and a paragraph. And uh, on your top five stories, and here's a three-minute video of something cool that might pertain. We do those for regular news. We do it for crypto. And uh, same with newsletters. Still another yeah. n- kind of nugget size. Just give me the the meat and potatoes. and uh, and, and I think... People are enough used to doing that now that I can see where that could be really beneficial in training. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Corey, if you think about it this way, you know, as the, the younger generation comes into the workplace, um, remember, it, it's it's almost it's like a TikTok generation. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that um, if you look at traditional corporate training, as we talked about earlier, it, it's an hour or two hours annually. Yeah. And, and it's such a burden. So we've broken it down into four-minute episodes, one per month. But we still get requests for a shorter version. 
So we now have a nan a nano version <laughs> that's a minute and a half. But that's you see where it's going. Yeah. And and I think that the more that 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 new generation comes in and starts taking over in the workplace, they're going to want like lengths that that hit them in the right place. Yeah. For for their learning style. Um, and and so we're 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 going to have a variety of of lengths wow. over time. They want the bullet points. That's they want the bullet points. <laughs> you know, That's give right. me the four hot spots and get out of my TV. Uh, it's it's right. very much how it is. It's made it's made news very challenging because you know it's really easy to not have the necessary context when you're serving it up as an acorn instead of a watermelon. There's this yes. whole you know. Um, it's just tricky to kind of navigate that world, but it, it is, it, it really is. And, and I think that, you know, we, we found very quickly that, yeah, it's not one four minute episode that, that changes behavior. It, it's the episode. And then in the same month, we give the customer like a, a, a follow-up. It's an image from the video they saw and some reminder points about that attack vector that we taught them about this month. And then we do that monthly. And so that's, that's the contract. So we, we have about seven uh, seasons of episodes in our library. And so you'll get the most recent, but you can also go back and look at anything that we've done over the last yeah. few years. And, and so part of it is the micro learning and that episodic approach but giving them the library, so if somebody needs something else, they can go back and find it as well on their on their timeline. Oh wow! I think you're right, though. I think that's good. The idea that it's all out there, you can go find it. It's still accessible. Obviously, what you're saying, whatever you're saying today, is probably what's happening now. I assume. Yes. Like like what we're seeing a trend in this month is X. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I remember working, I worked for Carvana once for a year or so, and uh, they sent us fake spam attempts. They sent emails. And if, and if you clicked on it, they emailed your whole office to be like one of you (laughs) click on this and explain, go through and it would have a little detailed thing on how to be careful and watch out. And I always, I always remember thinking that was, it was kind of good because it made shame an element. (laughs) You know, it's, it's true. I, I will t- I'll tell you this, though. The, and that, that's how we did it. I think the early days of, of cybersecurity awareness training was shame-based. It was very sort of negative, like, don't do this. Or, um, but, but, you know, again, generationally, it's not motivating uh, a lot of younger employees. And so now you've got to do it much more proactively and positive. Like, look what you've learned and look at the progress you've made in yeah. your learning and behavior. And you've actually helped lower the risk for the company. So it's way more positive, but it's because we're doing it on a more regular basis yeah. um, that we can we can k- keep pumping in that positive information along the way. That's great. Well, Dr. McElmont, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been a really good chat. It's been interesting. Hey, Corey, thank you so much for the opportunity. Love talking about it. And, and we want to keep it top of mind uh, for for everybody out there, whether you're a small business, large business, or a family at home, just be aware. Right on. How do they find out more about Ningio? 
Uh, Ninjio.com. You can go right to Ninjio and find out about uh, our company, how, how to engage with us, and just a little bit about where, where we've come and where we're going. Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to have you here. It's been a pleasure to visit with Dr. McElmont. And we'll be back next week with something interesting. You can find this podcast and all of our others everywhere you can find podcasts. Just go chase it down, check it out, and we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for watching.